0: Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about seven secrets for a successful relationship. Now before we get started, Margaret and I just wanted to say Happy New Year to all of you.
1: I want to offer everybody my best New Year's greetings for MMXX.
0: MMXX? Right. What? You don't know those numbers? Margaret... We don't recall how things got labeled when you were growing up.
1: Oh, yeah. When <laughs> I was in ancient Rome, you mean in my early
0: 400s? Yeah, that's right. We
1: used numbers that way. Are there new ones now?
0: Now we actually do it a little bit different. Oh. We'll talk about that later.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, I still hope you have
0: a happy new year. It may seem like a odd thing for us to say happy new year to you guys now. But this is the first time we've recorded videos in the right. new year. We had a bunch of videos ready to go because we knew we were taking a little bit of a break during the holiday season, yep. which we needed. I had family come in town. Margaret had a little time off. Yep. But here we are. We're back again filming. And if you haven't noticed, we are using a new microphone. So if we sound a little bit different, that's why. Let us know what you think. We're trying out a little bit of lighting differences and a new microphone. So let us know if you see a difference and if you like it, okay? Okay. So what do we got here, Margaret? Seven secrets to a successful relationship, can it be? I think it can. And one of the first
1: things the article says is think about people you know. Do you know an elderly couple? Maybe your grandparents, maybe neighbors, maybe somebody down the street. But you wonder, and these people have been together for 40 and 50 years. And you wonder how people do it, you know? So this is seven suggestions for how to do it. Now, who is the article by? The article is by Teresa DiDonato, PhD. Okay. um, Who has written something before called Meet, Catch and Keep. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Relationship researchers are, simp- are deeply motivated to identify the interpersonal patterns characterizing successful marriages. Sure. While plenty of empirical questions still remain, certain behaviors commonly appear among happy couples. If you're looking for the perfect someone or wondering if you found someone already, these behaviors should be of interest to you. Um, Will you and your partner adopt the kinds of habits that make for success? Here's how to begin setting the stage for a long, healthy relationship.
0: Which is exactly what you want to do. It's what everybody wants. If you're trying to get somebody back and you really want to make that relationship work, you have to make changes If you don't incorporate changes to your behavior and how you are in a relationship, the relationship will just fall apart again.
1: Absolutely.
0: So what do we got? What are the the seven things?
1: The first tip is practice mindfulness. Now, I get tired of being told to be mindful, Mm -hmm. but this is just so nicely spelled out. Um, It's a busy week, and it's easy to half-engage with your romantic partner Mm -hmm. as you push through to Friday. But try to resist the pull of your phone, computer, or long to-do list and be totally present for your partner. Yeah. And I know how easy it is to do that. And as I read this, I thought, mm, I'm guilty of this sometimes. Um,
0: Margaret's got a real phone addiction.
1: Yeah, you have a phone addiction. <laughs> I'm nosy. I want to know what the news is. Um, mindfulness is the art of giving active attention in the moment. Not an easy task, but a useful one. You might imagine that individuals on the receiving end of mindfulness could feel deeply valued a feeling that would be that would foster intimacy, trust, and connection. So be present with your partner. that would be step one wouldn't it
0: it's so important,
1: and you know i've heard people say about other people when you're with so and so you 're still alone. Ever heard anybody say that? Yeah, yeah, don't be that person, yeah, okay. The second one is recommit every day. When people think of love, the emotional components of passion and intimacy are often the first to come to mind. But commitment is actually the number one predictor of relationship satisfaction, especially in the long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. Commitment is a cognitive choice, a decision that individuals make to be in a relationship Couples who renew their commitment every day in words and deeds are setting, are situating themselves nicely for a long lasting partnership. Just recently I was talking with someone um, who said to me, "Um, But I don't know if I can make a commitment to him because I don't know how I will feel in three months. Well, Mm -hmm. you know. You could feel different in three months. You may feel like you love him now. But eventually, you have to make a decision and a commitment. And nobody feels that much in love every day of their entire future. But overall, it's not a feeling. It's a decision and a commitment. Mm -hmm. Okay? And you're sort of determined to stick it out no matter what you have to do. Short of abuse. Abuse you can't ever tolerate. Yeah, sure. But every day, you need to remind your partner that you're there. Okay.
0: But as you can see that people that do wind up staying in these really long-term relationships that's something that they do. That's something that they do you know and you'll hear that from them in interviews. Yes you will and that's where some of this information has come from. Sure.
1: All right the third suggestion is be playful mm-hmm. okay
0: Oh yeah that's a big It's
1: a huge thing
0: That is so important.
1: Sure adult life tends to emphasize productivity and seriousness but sometimes it's about playing. Playful people take time to prioritize enjoyment, pleasure, amusement and having fun. And such an orientation in romantic relationships is predictive of satisfaction. Yes. This suggests the possibility that play could be an important dimension of a sec- of a successful relationship. And play, you know, you make jokes with each other, you laugh, you kid each other. Maybe a practical joke or two every now and again. Um, watch a comedy show you both enjoy, make terrible jokes and awful
0: puns and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, I think a lot of people get so serious about having their needs met and they're so anxious or frustrated that their need hasn't been met in their early childhood that they can't be playful because their anxiety keeps them out of the moment. That's exactly right. I like the way you put that. Their anxiety keeps
1: them out of the moment. Yes, you certainly have to be present to be playful. Okay? Um, And I was just having the conversation a little while ago that laughter, uh, the ability to see humor in things, is a really important ego function which helps determine how well-functioning you are.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And there's something about doing something playful, play a card game, Do some play, you know, play a game on the computer, just play something. And there's a magical thing about play that puts us back in touch with our finer self. Yeah. And it can give you new energy if you're feeling tired and burned out. Be silly, look up terrible knock knock jokes on the computer. Mm -hmm. People have threatened me with death for doing that, but it still made them laugh.
0: One of the things that, you know, Margaret and I like to do is we always like to laugh and joke around. A lot of times the subjects are so serious that it's hard to do it. Yes. But in our natural state, we're more laughing and... and We're both pretty playful. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that you're going to love about the new coach is she's very funny.
1: Yes, she is.
0: She's one of the funniest people I've known. And she's funnier than a lot of the comics that I know. Yes. And so her sense of humor makes her very resilient.
1: Otherwise, we couldn't work with her. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> she, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be able to handle us. us. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah.
0: we're pretty funny. Yeah. Um, like just today, uh, when we were, before we were getting ready, we were setting up new lights in here and a new microphone. And you should have seen how silly we looked just setting up the microphone right. and, you were both and the locking. audio testing. And we were laughing about how bad the audio testing was going and the wires were everywhere. So you're going to see that as we bring her on board one of the new things you're going to like about this new person is that she's got a great sense of humor right just be silly for its own sake it's wonderful for you and and when you're going through a breakup it's so difficult to find that humor in anything in anything because you're so you're really
1: down when you're really down it's hard to do but you know then look for some outside humor Uh, I just bought a book with an utterly ridiculous title. I never heard of the book before, and I'll let you know. But the title makes me think no matter what, it's going to make me laugh.
0: Yeah. If
1: it does, I'll share it.
0: Yeah. Okay? So humor is very, very important. Being playful is incredibly important in a relationship. Think about how boring you would be as a partner if you weren't able to make the person you're with laugh and enjoy every day, like. Right. And of course, the better met our needs are, the easier it
1: is to be playful. Yeah. But anybody who can make a joke in the middle of a crisis um, does well.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah.
1: I once worked with someone who would tell people that if they felt really down just to sing the Star Spangled Banner. If you've ever tried to sing the Star Spangled Banner, you know you'll be laughing by the time <laughs> you get to the end of it. Okay. The rocket's red glare is pretty rough. Yeah. All right. Um You also have to put work into the relationship. Back in the 1980s, not exactly ancient history to me, relationship scholars identified relationship maintenance behaviors as critically important to the sustained health of a romantic partnership. Recent research supports the idea that individuals who actively work on their relationships help to make those relationships happy and lasting. In other words, take time to say to yourself, how's my partner doing? How am I doing at being there for my partner? Yeah. Okay? Um,
0: And I doubt many of you guys were doing that very often before your breakup. Right. Honestly. Sure.
1: The specific kinds of behaviors that reliably predict relationship success include expressing positive emotions, being open, and that means listening to just about anything, Giving relational reassurances, I wouldn't trade you in for Alexis. Mm -hmm. Using your social circle to support your relationship and readily sharing the work and responsibilities that come with a long term relationship. If your partner's too tired to finish the dishes, you do it. Okay? Mm -hmm. I think, particularly if you have children, and then when, you know, to keep track of them and keep them happy and keep the household chores done is pretty hard. Mm If it's not important, let it go. All right? In a recent study, researchers asked a sample of divorcees why their marriages failed. Participants cited frequent arguing as a major contributor, second only to infidelity. Wow. They described how an argument might start around something minor and then escalate into a major fight. Importantly, these arguments were not productive, supportive, or calm. Rather, people recalled significant negative emotions, finding ways to reduce the frequency of conflicts by letting go of the little things. Mm -hmm. Okay, You left the top off the toothpaste again. You left the dishes in the sink again. Letting some of those things go can add... More happiness to a relationship. Sure. If conflict does occur, how a couple manages it may be predictive of their relationship success. If you can't manage a conflict, you're probably in trouble. Yeah. Um, And you have to talk about how to manage a conflict. What do we do next time we get mad at each other? Singing the Star Spangled Banner is one option. Sometimes people have hand signals to just you know say stop. But like I say, if it's not important, let it go. I used to work with a guy who said that he and his wife had an agreement. They were going to keep all their complaints when they had a fight in this decade. Right? Yeah. Because remember the time 23 years ago when you... (laughs) Okay? Yeah. And there's no couple who's not going to have disagreements. That's normal. Oftentimes I have people tell me that they think they broke up because there was too much fighting. And when I say, what were you fighting about? They say, well, I don't even know. You know, that's very hard to respond to, but I'm sure it's true. Mm -hmm. I don't know, something happened and we got into a fight and then it got out of control. Likely,
0: probably around anxiety.
1: Probably around anxiety. That's a great answer. Yeah, probably around anxiety. I'm afraid you're not going to be there for me, ultimately. Yep. I quote Susan Johnson, our friend from Canada. All right. When there is conflict, talk it out. Recent research suggests that couples benefit from being flexible in how they respond to conflicts. When couples are navigating serious conflicts, are secure in their relationship, and have the ability to adapt their behaviors, being direct and oppositional, if that's how you feel, can actually help more than other approaches. I hear people say, well, I didn't want to really talk it out because I was afraid we'd both get upset. You have to talk it out. Or you have no chance, no shot. Um however a more cooperative affectionate approach may be the best strategy when someone tends to get defensive or when the conflict is minor in other words there's no one size fits all strategy successful couples adapt their approaches to the to a specific conflict as a function of its broader context and i mean you can say things like we're having a fight right now but i'm still going to love you later yeah you know? Yeah. That would really slow things down, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't even like Even with kids, you sure. say something yes, like that. Yes, even with kids. You did something that I didn't like, but I still love you. I still love you. I will love you more in about an hour <laughs> when
1: I recover from what you just did or clean it up. <laughs> um, show your love. Um,
0: number seven. This is yes, the last this one. This is number
1: seven. Routines inevitably become part of the daily lives of a couple. While much research suggests that trying something new and interesting together can be an important way for couples to keep the spark alive, mm-hmm. this is going to be a long sentence. Uh, maintaining the romantic side of a partnership can be done in other simple ways too. Give honest compliments. I really like your jacket, Craig.
0: Mm-hmm. You've got uh, good taste, Margaret. Yes, well, thank That's you a compliment. so much, Craig. Yes. <laughs>
1: For example, research shows that compliments, when they're understood to be sincere and meaningful, can have a surprising potent benefit to relationship satisfaction. Um, you noticed that I have good taste.
0: I did notice that,
1: yes. Margaret. Exquisite. These, <laughs> these findings suggest that it's not just the big things that matter. Showing love through words and small gestures may be important too. Yeah. Okay. Um, my partner and I always leave um, the light on for each other if somebody's out after dark. Those are little things. Yeah. That count. You yeah. know. So those are the seven suggestions. Now here's kind of an, an ending paragraph to it. Romantic relationships are dyadic interactions, and as such, they are an ever-changing and intensely complex affair. The recipe for a successful marriage isn't fully clear, but this sample of findings points to the importance of work and effort. Successful relationships don't just happen. They emerge when two people invest in their relationship and have the structural support managing life stress to do it well. Note that much of the research on relationship satisfaction and stability focuses on predictors, which may or may not be causal forces. As such, more research is needed to identify the exact role of critical interpersonal factors on relationship outcomes. But if you're in it for the long haul, just remind yourself and your partner that this this fight will pass and we will go on.
0: Absolutely. Well, those are some helpful tips. And you really want to think about these things and really incorporating these changes into how you're going to be if you start dating somebody new or you get back with your ex. Because a relationship continually needs to be taken care of. And if you don't, it falls apart. Right. One of the things
1: I hear the most often, I don't know about you, Craig, is my boyfriend or my girlfriend is always on the phone.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Well, are they talking to people or are they playing games? I don't know, but they're always on the phone.
0: And it just feels that they're feeling disconnected all the time. Yeah, that's exactly what what it feels. It's not about the phone.
1: Disconnected. Yeah, it's
0: about the disconnection.
1: With the old-fashioned phones that I remember. A rock? You could could get, yes, well, an (laughs) orange juice can and a string. Um, You could literally get disconnected. It's a good metaphor, okay? So you don't want to feel disconnected.
0: All right. All right, so hopefully you found this one helpful in the research Margaret did. Give a thumbs up on that video for Margaret and her hard work. Of course, when you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. Yes, feel free to sign up with me. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.